About 10 years ago, I wrote and directed a play called Wasted. At the time, I was really interested in the concept of waste. I was interested in throwaway culture. You know, what do we consider waste? Saying one person's garbage is another person's treasure and all that. But I was really interested in who do we treat as garbage? Who gets to be wasteful? In graduate school, I was pretty blown away by Mary Douglas's work. Mary Douglas is an anthropologist. I think in 1966, she published a book called Purity and Danger. And in it, she defines dirt as matter out of place. So the idea is that what is considered dirt or dirty is really contextual. So for example, if you have dirt on the bottom of your shoe, your shoe's not dirty. But if you have dirt on your face, it's time to wash up. Or if you have dirt on your table, you might think about this with your kids' toys, right? So if your kids' toys are all in the toy bin, they're in place. But if they're scattered throughout the house, then your house is dirty. So the toys themselves aren't dirty, but it's where they're located. You know, if they're in place, then they're considered clean. But if things are out of place, it's considered dirty. So to connect this a little bit to waste and wasted time, we might think about which activities do we deem as wasteful. And sometimes this is also contextual. So for example, if I am reading a romance novel on a beach on vacation, I probably won't see that as wasteful. But if I'm reading a romance novel in the middle of my workday, my supervisor might want to talk with me, right? So what is it that we consider valuable when it comes to our time? And what do we consider to be a waste of time? You know, time that's been discarded. That's what this episode's going to be about. We're going to get into all of this. And by the end of this episode, I hope that you can articulate what it is that you, you personally see as wasted time. And then I will offer you a few tools for dealing with wasted time. Let's do this. Do you want to feel less scattered and more focused, but the idea of goal setting sounds like adding more pressure to your already pressure-filled life? If so, welcome to the Plan Goal Plan Podcast. I'm Danielle McGee. I'm a professor, mom, planner addict, and recovering overachiever. After years of hustle and grind, I was tired of trying harder. I was ready to try easier. At the intersection of research, practice, and play, I found a purposeful path to planning and goal setting that is fun, simple, and sustainable. If you're ready to try easier, if you're ready to make memories and do meaningful work, grab a pen. I will equip you with tools and practices to clarify purpose, reclaim time, and achieve goals playfully and lightly. Let's get started. Before we jump into all things waste, I want to invite you to schedule a time management coaching call with me. I don't want you to waste any more time. I want you to be able to eliminate distractions. I want you to stop over scheduling. I want to help you find free time in your week. And most importantly, I want you to align how you spend your time with your goals and your values. So if that sounds like something that you are interested in, 
go to plangoalplan.com backslash coaching. I'll link this in the show notes and schedule a coaching call with me today. Now let's talk waste. I was raised in Iowa and Iowans are known for their strong work ethic or hard workers. And one thing that was really ingrained in me growing up is that you don't have fun until the work is done. So chores first, then you can play. (laughs) And in the productivity world, this isn't all that different than the concept of eating that frog, right? So this is the idea that you should dive into the thing that you don't want to do, the challenging task, you should get it done first. And this approach to work, this approach to living, it worked really well for me, especially when I was younger. I don't, I don't naturally excel at things, y'all. <laughs> but I've got a lot of grind in me. So I've always felt pretty confident that if I just work really hard, I can figure something out. Or at least this is a story that I've told myself, is that I'm not naturally inclined to be good at things, but I don't work people. But of course, there got a point in my life where the work was never done. And so play never came. I'm sure that many of you feel this way, that you can look at your to-do list and it's never ending, right? There's not going to be a point where everything on my list is just cleared out and there's nothing to do but for me to have leisure time. So much of what we consider time well spent is connected to our earning potential. So time spent making money is rarely considered a waste in our culture. This isn't that surprising given that we live in a capitalist culture. But I want to give a huge shout out to my stay-at-home moms who are listening because you're incredibly hardworking and yet you engage in unpaid labor every single day. And sometimes that labor isn't recognized as such. It's not recognized as actual work. So... My secretary, Stacy, is absolutely amazing. She's completely fabulous. <laughs> She's brilliant. And her last day at the university is this August. And she has a special needs kiddo. And she quit her corporate job when he was little so that she could stay at home with him. And this August, she's going to be taking time off of work. Well, she's, she's quitting her job. They're moving But she's also doing that to help him transition to his adult life. And she's also caring for her aging mom. So she's a caretaker for a mom who's in her late 70s. And I share this because recently she had someone say to her, Oh, it must be so nice for you to not have to worry about working. Y'all, she's working. Caregiving is a lot of work. It's just unpaid labor. In fact, you know, it's, it's interesting to me because I'm someone who sort of struggles with how much of my identity is wrapped around my work. That's part of what got me here making this podcast in a lot of ways. And yet I will say that my best friends are stay-at-home moms. So it's not like the person talking to Stacy told her that what she was doing was a waste of time. But what their statement did reveal is that they didn't see what she was going to be doing as legitimate work because it's unpaid. So why does all of this matter? You need 
to get clear about what you consider time well spent and what is a waste of time for you. For you, not culturally, not socially, not what the woman down the hall or the neighbor thinks, but what do you consider a waste of time? I want you to get as specific as possible about this. For example, I know that being bored is not a waste of time for me. I had to work to get there, but it's not a waste of time for me. So if I'm waiting in line and I feel an urge to grab my phone, I resist. I try to take that moment as an opportunity to look around me, to pay attention. I try to welcome the freedom of boredom. A day that my kids are homesick and I have to stay at home with them and I'm not getting work done that I plan to do, it's not a waste. Time caring for my kids is never wasted time for me. It might be frustrating. It might be challenging. It may not be what I planned, but it is not a waste. So what is wasteful to me? Time and energy being upset about inconsequential stuff is a waste of time for me. Oh my goodness, y'all. So the other day, my kids are going to a camp right now, and it is at a school that I've never been to. I've been there like twice now. And their parking situation is incredibly confusing to me. So there are arrows on the ground that do not match the signs. I wasn't sure where you're supposed to pull in. Like, what is the entrance and what is the exit? It's not clear, folks. So anyway, I end up trying to go out the entrance and this car tries to pull in and this woman starts kind of yelling at me and waving her hands really big and she points to the sign that says that it's the entrance and I point to the ground that has arrows pointing as if I should be driving that way. And anyway, so whatever, not a big deal. But as I was driving to work later that day, I noticed that I was having this, it's called imagined interactions in communication research. And this is just the idea that you sometimes rehearse things in your head. Y'all, I was like rehearsing a conversation in my head that I might have with this woman who waved her hands at me and cursed me in her car. And I had this moment where I was like, Danielle, you're not going to talk to her. This practice that you're having in your head for a conversation is wasteful because you're never going to have this conversation. You just need to let this go. There's just a part of me that wanted to explain to her why I had made the mistake that I had. And this is so silly, y'all. This is so silly. And I recognized and caught myself and was like, Danielle, you're using energy and brain space and getting into this negative place. And why? Why? (laughs) So for me, trying to control things that are uncontrollable is a waste of my time. And trying to teach myself how to catch those moments and say, Danielle, let it go is so important, but it's a process and it happens and I have to catch myself and I have to just get back on track. For me, too much social media is also a waste of time. And 
I like social. I think it can be a place that we can connect. I appreciate seeing pictures of my friends' kids. I enjoy I enjoy anniversaries and baby announcements. And heck, I will take your workout pictures. I will take your dinner pictures. If something is making you happy, I am here for it. That being said, some of the arguments in social, the contentiousness of social is really icky for me. It rarely rests me and it rarely fills me. I also don't like meetings that flounder or were not planned with purpose. That really annoys me to no end. If I'm sitting in a meeting and it doesn't seem applicable, relevant, or if the person held the meeting and clearly didn't have time to prepare for it, I got no patience for that. (laughs) I also don't like it when a student meets with me and they haven't prepared on their end. Right? So, I want you to think, what are your wastes of time? I want you to learn what your wastes of time are. And then I want you to do two things. I have two action items that I think that you can leave from this podcast with. And they are, one, which of your wastes of time do you need to reframe? And which of your wastes of time can you eliminate or reduce? Okay, so for example, if I'm feeling salty about a student that keeps showing up and they're unprepared, I have a couple of options. One, I can reframe this into a learning moment. I can add value to the moment that previously was deemed invaluable. So this is really what I've done with boredom, right? I've decided to reframe boredom as an activity that offers me rest or an opportunity for me to learn to pay attention, to notice, to just be. Second, okay, I want to go back to the student situation. I could choose to set boundaries around our time spent together. I could say, hey, look it, I'm not going to meet with you until you've accomplished X, Y, or Z. I know that when I was a student and several of my colleagues, I don't know if they still do this, but there were situations where if they went in to teach and it was clear that students had not done the preparation that they needed to for the class, so they maybe hadn't read, the teacher would say, hey, Those of you that prepared for class, those of you that did the readings, you can stay. Everyone else, I'm going to ask you to leave. And what they're doing is they're establishing a boundary and saying, hey, look it. I put effort into this. This is valuable time to me. And if you aren't going to do certain things to prepare for our time together, then I'm not going to offer up my services, right? Like, So basically, you can establish a boundary that effectively allows you to eliminate wasted time. So you can reframe or you can eliminate or reduce. So if you feel like you spend too much time in front of the TV, but you're so tired after the day is over, could you just work on reducing or limiting the amount of time that you spend watching TV? Could you find other restorative activities and maybe rotate them? At work, could you have a frank conversation with your supervisor if you feel like there are activities or meetings that are unnecessary? I would recommend that if you're going to have this conversation, 
that you make sure that you come to the meeting with an alternative or be really thoughtful about how you approach them with the information. You don't want to say, hey, this meeting that you hold always a waste of my time, right? You probably want to say, hey, here are some of the things that I really appreciate and that I find really useful. But I think that maybe we could do all of this in a half an hour instead of an hour. Or is there a way that we could focus more on these sorts of items because that would be really helpful for me? So you might think about, are there rituals or activities that you could engage in that would make time more meaningful for you? Maybe you spend too much time dropping off and picking up your kids and that time doesn't feel meaningful. So you find a fun conversation starter that really works for you and your kids in the car when you're driving them home. Or if that doesn't work, then maybe you just hire that out. You hire someone to do this task, or maybe you work together with some other parents to see if you could carpool. So during the really big COVID surges, I was working from home. And it took a little while to get used to working to home, but once I had transitioned to that, it was really, really healthy for me. I was able to focus. I had a lot less distractions. And so when it was time to go back and work in the office and in person, it was a bit of a transition for me. And one of the things that really frustrated me is, y'all, I hardly have a commute. My commute's like seven minutes. But my kids are at two different schools, or they were. And so drop-off time took quite a bit of time. And then The distance between where I can park on campus and where my office actually is, is a good 10-minute walk. So I was finding that I was spending like at least an hour every single day just walking from place to place. And I was really frustrated with this because this is time that I could be getting work done. And when I was working from home, I could. And so I had to relearn how much I could accomplish in a day, but I was also just feeling so salty about how much I was spending, how much time I was just spending moving from place to place. And so I really had to reframe this. I started using that time to listen to podcasts. I started to think about that as time that I could get some steps in because, and how did, you know, An hour is a big deal, y'all. That was the difference between me getting to exercise every single day or the difference between me just feeling like I could get the things done that I needed to get done at work. It was very frustrating to me. And so I did have to reframe that time. And now my walks from my car to my office, from my office to where I teach, from where I teach back to my office, those are actually really enjoyable times for me. I pop my headphones in and I listen to podcasts and I do enjoy those moments, but it took me some reframing to get there. Y'all, time is precious. You need to get clear on what time well spent looks and feels like for you. And you need to start identifying what is wasted time for you. Be specific. Once you identify what feels like wasted time for you, reframe eliminate or reduce those activities. If we want more time doing what matters, then we got to clear the clutter. 
Clear the clutter, folks. Today, I rarely feel like my time is wasted because I've been intentional, both in terms of what I'm doing, but also in terms of how I will frame my attitude towards those things. And the play Wasted that I wrote, we had the super fun but also serious scene exploring the concept of affluenza, which is the idea that society is sick with want. Basically, enough is never enough. There's a book by the same title written by John DeGraff, David Wan, and Thomas Naylor. And in it, they define affluenza as a painful, contagious, socially transmitted condition of overload, debt, anxiety that results from the dogged pursuit of more. When you get intentional about your time, when you get real serious about letting go of the waste, you start to realize that you have enough. You have enough time to do what matters. And rarely does time feel wasted. I wish for you hope, faith that you have the capacity, the capability of naming your own wasted times, not the waste that others have defined for you, but what is wasted time for you. And I wish you the power of reframing so that you might see some of those times as not a waste, but valuable moments. I wish for you less waste and more time well spent because you have enough. If this podcast has inspired you, guided you, or just made you laugh, the number one way that you can thank me is by leaving a written review for the show over on Apple Podcasts. I'm seriously tickled every time that I hear from you all, so pop onto Instagram and follow Plan Go Plan and digital message me. I want to say hello. I want to geek out about all things planning and goal setting. Keep sensing the possibilities, y'all.